This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Previously on In The Moment. All right, so we'll get more into the details of... <laughs> some of the nasty things that have occurred since um my my situation with my situation. <laughs> and first of all, Romeo is a sick individual. <laughs> because, Absolutely. Yo, my dick wasn't out for 10 minutes before this man was on Twitter talking about. And you want to see it? <laughs> Yo, follow me on IG. I got the picture. And what happened after you wrote that, bro? Listen, you guys call me sick. I call it an opportunity. How many okay? followers you got? I got like 130, bro. Wow. Oh, wow. I'm, and women was really asking for the picture. Dude, women, I took screenshots of some of the things that they said to me. Because at a certain point, I was just like, they got to know it's a joke. Right? You would imagine. Mm-hmm. It's a joke. I literally said, hey, guys, if you want to see Mo's dick, follow me on Instagram and I'll send it to you. Right. I thought we, as a collective group, would have known that that was a joke. I knew. They didn't. Okay. They really did. So I got a DM that said, do you really have the pic? Question mark. Then I got another one that said, okay, I saw the pic originally and didn't, didn't notice Mo's situation since I don't typically look in that area. But now y'all got me curious. So send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else says, Will you send me most picture, please? <laughs> there was a lot of ease in that one. Yeah, yeah, see. I came here for the gray sweatpants. They were blue. <laughs> nah, yo, because I'm tight. Because some woman on Twitter was coming at me. She was like, Oh, please. <laughs> he wore gray sweatpants and then photoshopped a picture. We knew what you were doing. I was like, First of all, they were blue. And I can't photoshop shit. But they, thank you. They were blue. <laughs> It was somebody, blue, yo. Yo, somebody else hit me up. Was, they were like, where's the pic? Question mark. So it was just bad messages of women asking you. Dude, just nonstop. And some lady had like 30 exclamation points. I saw that. I saw the one you you, you, you sent in the group text where she added ex- exclamation points after. <laughs> and then she hit me up two hours later. <laughs> and added more. Added more exclamation points. <laughs> I need you to know how serious I am. Then it was, I mean it. <laughs> no, the crazy part, the thing that threw me off was the fact that these women had kids in their profile pictures. Yeah, that's nasty. Some of them in their bio had Christian. Fam, we can't comment on that when the Bird Show was sitting there trying to get me to sell it for donations to Bird's Big Adventure, bro. For the kids. Like, you know, I felt so dirty in that moment. Did anybody think of me in that moment? Yo, we were using my schlong to help for kids. The kids. Bro. I didn't know how to feel, man. But... I had women hit me up like, hey, Romeo didn't send me the picture and I followed him. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to do? Like, you know what I'm saying? It got nasty. And listen, Davi got a lot of followers in the hour we talked about it. I probably got over 100 followers in the hour we talked about it. DMs after DMs. I think Kristen got some DMs. Bert did. Davi did as well. Everybody was getting DMs. Everybody was looking. It was a lot of messages. We'll get to a lot of the nastiness about that a little later. But I did... For the listener's sake, take the liberty of <laughs> writing down the five funniest messages that I feel like I saw <laughs> oh Lord. throughout this ordeal. Oh, Lord. And I can't read them because I feel like it would be, like, too self-serving. 
so I'm not going to do that. So, Katie. <laughs> so, I got to read it? Yep. It's up to you. All right. All right. Number one. Is it because your picture with Bert? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Because we all seen that it's bigger than Bert. <laughs> laughing emoji. <laughs> laughing emoji. Laughing. Yo. Damn. Yo, what's wrong with y'all, yo? <laughs> yo, y'all play too much. Yo. <laughs> yo, the listeners don't be on your side, yo. Oh, man. Oh, all right, all right, what else? Number two. Damn. I would have never made fun of Mo's legs during Live Like a Woman Week if I knew he had three of them. <laughs> yo. Tripod. <laughs> all right, man. What else? <sighs> Number three, not me scouring the internet for the last 24 hours looking for it. I saw it, but I need to see it again. That thing needs a GPS? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck in my ways. All right. <sighs> Number, <laughs> Number four. Come on, Mo. Us married women just want to see it for fun. Oh. See? Oh. Yo, Not the married women married? want to see you for fun. You married, queen. Can you do that? Is that cheating? That's, yes. Like, I would feel like that's yes. cheating, yo. Is yeah. it cheating? Yes. I don't know. Okay, married women can look at porn. That's true. What's the difference? This is a picture of most. <laughs> but I'm not a porn star. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? But they want you to be. Yeah, but that'll make me one. You can't ask to see just a, a random man's, you know what I mean? You're their fantasy now. I want to. <laughs> what are you gonna say, bro? Do you think women have you on the uh, like call pass? Mm. Oh, like the husband let him get one? Yeah, yeah. That might be. There's got to be a couple out there, huh? Probably. There you go. I ain't mad at that. <laughs> Katie, what? I just looked at number five. Oh, oh shit! What is it? Why wasn't Davi at the BBA weekend? Oh wait. I see her now. She was in your bed. Yo, 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 don't do it. Yo, she's married, yo. Yo, don't do that, man. Nah. Yo, that's sick, yo. Yo, I'm not, yo. Nah. Take this back. I don't want it no more. Yo, yo moving on, yo. Yo. Nah. All right, that's it. Yo, some of y'all are sick. I appreciate oh. y'all listening, but some of y'all need Jesus. They all do. Oh, man. Who's next? All right. Shout outs. You might feel a little hopeless and broken, but don't you quit. Because I swear to God, you Shout out to Kevin Gates. All right, so Kevin Gates is a rapper, and apparently he's also a liar. Because I like Kevin Gates. Met him a couple times. Really good dude. But fam. This dude told the ultimate lie, and it reminded me of one of them situations when, like, you know somebody's lying to you, but they sitting there, and they just going to keep going and insulting your intelligence. And I want y'all to hear him say it, because I can't necessarily say it like he did. So here's the audio. I ain't going to say how I, how I know I could do this, but this since I've been a child. This lady, this lady car was broke down. Mm-hmm. Her car was broke down. And I'm going to say this. Please don't believe me. The later car was broke down. And I told her, listen, I could I could start your battery for you. She said, we need jumper cables. I said, no, you don't. I put my hands on the, on the battery. I got this little thing that I do. 
I told her, give me the keys. I jumped in there and cranked the car. She said, you my angel. I say, speak nothing of this. Yo, fam. He's charging a car, bud. The, <laughs> that man said a lady was on the side of the road. What? With a car broke down. He put his hands on the battery <laughs> and then jumped in the car, started it up, and told her, don't speak nothing of this. You my Yo. angel. Yo. I, would, I would think that's Jesus back. Bro. Yo, fam. Why is he lying like this? <laughs> Yo, do y'all believe him? No. If he keeps lying like this, he's not going to get through the gates. Somebody should tell Kevin <laughs> this. Yo, what is he doing? You ever knew somebody just lies like like do like who he think gonna believe that story? He know nobody gonna believe it. That's why he said, "Don't believe me." We don't. But a lady, <laughs> yo, what kind of lie is that? You that think is- he could do that, Romeo? No, I'm trying to figure out. They say electricity runs through your body. Somebody but, told me that. But I'm he's trying to not figure powder. Out. Yeah, like how are you trying to get? How do you think you're gonna get away with that lie? That's what I'm trying like, to I'm figure trying to, like, out. Uh, that's what he told that shit on a really big podcast, man. Like, you knew mad people were going to hear it. And he really, like, I don't know how high he was. Yeah, but I, was, I was about to say, was he on something? He that literally was said, don't worry about the jumper cables, baby. I got this. I put my hand on the car. <laughs> <laughs> you my angel. I said, don't speak. <laughs> what? Don't, don't, don't tell nobody. Don't. <laughs> Yo, fam. First of all, if I'm in that situation and the roads are reversed and I'm on the side of the road and a woman pulls over, puts her hand on a battery, jumps and starts the car and tells me don't speak nothing of this, you're not leaving. You think I'm going to let you leave? No. Bitch, you Jesus. You're going <laughs> to stay right here with me and we're going to talk about some things. You think I'm going to just let you walk away? As a matter of fact, you're coming home with me. Where, yo, you think we're not getting married? <laughs> where are you going? Oh, queen. No, I've been looking for you my whole life. Yo, tell Kevin. Kevin, my dude, but you got to stop, bro. Who's that? Yo, shout out to Chingy. You know who Chingy is? Mm-mm. Really? Every time I try to leave, something keeps pulling me back. Me back oh, okay, okay. Let yeah. it be. She do that right there. Yeah, right there. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. that yeah. Chingy. So Chingy is a rapper, old school rapper. Some of y'all might know him for those hits. But imagine being so racist that you, <laughs> you give up a $10 million a year job. Can you imagine? What is Estee Lauder? It's like a... I don't want to, is it a fragrance line? It's a fragrance line. Hang on, let me make sure. Hang on, hold on. I, I don't know. Okay, so Estee Lauder, mm-hmm. while Katie does research, is, uh, so the senior executive, his name is John Dempsey, and they claimed he was fired at first, mm-hmm. but then reports came in that he actually wasn't fired, but he retired instead due to the backlash, and it was because he posted a meme on Instagram. He was making $10 million a year. And he posted a meme, a Sesame Street meme. <laughs> you, of, got, you got to read the title. Of, of Big Bird in a mask. And who's in the bed? I don't remember all these Sesame Street characters like that. Katie, who that? Oh, that's the one that, who, I'm like, I don't, I don't know his name. I know who, what he sounds. Who she thought that was going to help, bro? <laughs> I'm what, sorry. What does he sound like, Katie? Who? <laughs> <laughs> he has an elephant trunk. He's like the elephant dude, but this is old Sesame Street. Ever since last week, whenever Katie start anything with elephant, I get nervous. All right, so. <laughs> Buster McThunder stick. <laughs> I got an elephant dick. Elephant uh, dick. Hey. <laughs> It's Snuffleupagus. Okay. That's Snuffleupagus. So he he posted a meme on... (laughs) Yo, Romeo, you can't laugh this hard at something that a racist has done. Yo, you really are the star of your whole movie. This is not racism, bro. All right. What is this? So explain this. I want you to tell me what this is. So John Dempsey is a white man who was the senior executive for Estee Lauder. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. I, I, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, Estee Lauder. Okay. And he posted a meme of Big Bird in a mask and Snuffleupagus in a bed with a thermometer in her mouth. And the meme says, "My." <laughs> you got this. I can't read it because this shit actually funny. It says... <laughs> My <laughs> is snuffy done got the Rona at the Chinky concert. It's funny, but but he's white, so there, <laughs> so there was backlash. And again, they said he was fired, but uh, now reports come in that he wasn't fired, but he actually retired. I guess. Because, well, people thought it was blatant racism and he took some heat for it. But, Romeo, you don't think it's racist. Tell us why. No. No, it's racist. I'm going to say, like, how do you get away with this? No, he didn't. He didn't. Uh, no, but clearly he did because he retired. Well, uh, yeah, I think he retired before they could fire him. I'm assuming probably for money reasons, financial yeah. reasons. I mean, this man I is- just, like, when I first saw, because I think Katie showed me this. And, <laughs> like, I remember thinking just, how do you mistakenly place a meme with yeah. an asterisk. You don't. Like three of them. Where the I-G-G-A go. Right. Like, did he think he could do that because the N-word was censored? censored? <laughs> like it stars in the middle of it. So he thought, oh, I'm good. I'm good with yeah. it. Nah. <laughs> Romeo, you had a good theory as to what really happened. What was my theory? You said that maybe he posted it on his Finsta. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's really what I thought. Like, I I really, I think truly that he posted it on his, like, personal Fake account, which what my kids called Finsta. What is that? Explain that to people it's who a, don't know. It's a fake Instagram, mm-hmm. quote unquote, but it's still Instagram. You just create a different profile that only your very close friends follow. And you don't tell the world about this account. So it's called a Finsta. It's a fake Instagram. Do people know it's you still? The only ones, your close friends. Yeah, will. only the ones And it's you where you follow. can be your most authentic self within your close friends oh. where you know you won't be judged. Ah, so you think he he had one of those and he meant to post it on that? Because I know a lot of celebrities do have Finstas. Okay. Where they have, like, their public account, yeah. and then they have a personal account for their family and friends. Uh-huh. So I really do think that this guy probably just posted it for his friends, and then it was just... It was like, oops, that's actually Instagram. That's my whole CEO account. Yeah. He said his apology, he posted an apology saying that he didn't read it before posting. Which, like, I don't know why you think that would make you look better. you just posting. Like, that's just dumb. Yeah, it's I don't stupid. Even say, yeah, that makes zero you sense. You know you read it. You know, you know what you did. My whole thing in this, honestly, is just I can't imagine being so racist that you can't keep it to yourself. You feel the need to tell the world in order to jeopardize a $10 million a year job. Like, imagine that. That's why I think it was his Finsta. You don't think he really meant to do that? No, not on his public CEO account. Well. He did I- it. I ain't gonna lie, that's funny now. though. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Snuffy got the Ronin. <laughs> my, my Snuffy. That's your funny. All right. Now stop it. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he got to go. Yeah. Who's next? All right, let's get down to business. All right, two things I want to talk about in this segment. Uh, the first one is T.I. I want y'all to be honest about this T.I. situation. If you're not familiar, T.I. is a rapper from Atlanta who recently took up stand-up comedy. Um, Their video was released, I think it was about five minutes of T.I. attempting stand-up for the first time. And a lot of people wanted to know my opinion on this because uh, comedian Godfrey, who's a really popular comedian who's been a comedian for a very long time, uh, very good, very good comedian. And, you know, I kind of felt like he bitched up a little bit, to be honest, because 
his opinion first was, yo, I was headlining because he was headlining the event. And I guess T.I. went up after him, which in the comedian world is very disrespectful, obviously. If you're the headliner, no one goes up after you, period. And he said, I never watch anybody who goes up either before or after me. Not out of disrespect. It's just like, I just don't do that, which I understand. A lot of comedians are that way. Mm -hmm. And he said basically that he didn't feel like T.I. should have been out there. Like, yo, you playing with what I do for real. You playing with comedy. A lot of people play with comedy. A lot of people play with all kinds of professions when they're not really about that world. You didn't put in that work. You didn't put in that time. That's not, you're not cut from that cloth. And you thinking you just go up there and do it. Podcasting, very similar, right? A lot of celebrities have podcasts that do well, not because they're good at podcasting, but because they're celebrities. Mm -hmm. They have a name, they have followers. And so they get a ton of listens when in all actuality, they're not that good at it, right? So that's what he said first. T.I. came on the show. Oh, that boy changed up. Changed up real quick. Nah, I didn't say that. Nah, I didn't say that. And then T.I. was kind of letting him and all of the other dudes on his podcast have it. Everybody was quiet. Nobody really wanted to smoke with T.I. Cool. Before I say how I feel, how do y'all feel about T.I. doing comedy? I caught a clip of it, and I thought, you know, he was doing what regular comedians do. They tell a story that they know people can relate to. And the clip that I saw was just like, okay, cool. Like, I didn't think anything of it. I wasn't like, boo, T.I., get off the stage. I was like, all right, cool. He's just doing him, being a performer, just in a different setting. Mm-hmm. Like, it is what it is. You didn't think nothing of it? No. Okay, Romeo? T.I. went af- after the headliner? Yes. I would be bothered by that. If you were the headliner? Yeah. But if you're not the headliner, it doesn't bother you? Um, I, an audience. I think if you're, giving, if you're giving it a go, no. Because comedians... The way I look at it is, like, they have a story to tell, and not everybody's going to be funny, right? Mm-hmm. You can give it a go. Yeah, sure. You can try to be funny. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're going to be funny. 100%. Right? So I think if you can try to deliver, go for it. But I think if you go after the headliner, no. That's a that's a big no-no. I don't think he should have went after the headliner, but I also don't think Godfrey should have reacted like that. Like, if it were me and T.I. did that at one of my shows— I would have just spoke to him. I'd have, I'd have went backstage and been like, yo, I know you're new to comedy. You know what I mean? Like, you, do, you normally do music. But in, in this world, if you got a headliner, you let him headline. You're supposed to go up before. Because T.I. said he didn't even know. He didn't even know that was a thing. And I get that because he's not a comedian. But at the same time, didn't someone have to allow T.I. to get up on stage? Wasn't right. there someone yeah. else behind right. the scenes to be like, oh, it's okay for him to do this? Right. And, and maybe T.I. did know because typically you know what a headliner means. But yes, somebody did have to tell him that. And he's T.I. So people are typically not going to feel a way about T.I. getting on stage anywhere in Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? But I just feel like if Godfrey felt that way, I think it's okay to feel that way. If you feel some kind of way about the fact that you put in all of this time into something and then somebody else is kind of playing with it yeah. and you're a little jealous of it, stand on it. When that man walk in the room, don't change up. Now, I am never mad at somebody trying comedy. I don't care. Because to me, comedy is the one place where you get immediate feedback. Everybody in my life thought they could be a comedian when they saw me be a comedian. And it pissed me off. I actually, like, encouraged one of my friends to get on stage knowing he was going to be trash. I did it on purpose. Because he was saying stuff like, yo, if you could do it, I could do it. Word? Okay. (laughs) Got that man signed up so fast. He went up there talking about, yo, my mom used to, like, get on me when I didn't do my homework. They booed his ass off that stage so fast, and I was in the back like... (laughs) (laughs) Because people won't give you the respect you deserve when you make something look easy. 
You know what I'm saying? They won't say, yo, he's so good at it that he makes it look easy. No, they'll think it's easy and they'll think they can do it. And because you make your friends in the room laugh, you think you could go on the stage and make a whole room of strangers laugh. It ain't as easy as you think, but try it. I don't think Godfrey should ever be mad at anybody trying the art. If you can go up there and do it, more power to you. But T.I. said something that I thought was profound, and it actually completely turned me around on it. Because at first, I'm not going to lie, I didn't have this feeling about T.I. doing comedy, but I did have this feeling with podcasts. I always kind of felt like it sucks that people who are actually really good at podcasting and put in the work and the time to constantly be entertaining and worth listening to every week don't get the same fan base or listener base as somebody who just happens to be a celebrity and is talking. Mm -hmm. Because if you're a podcaster for real, you hear it immediately. Like instantly, you're like, this person is just getting behind a mic and talking. And everybody thinks they can do that and create what they see people doing with really good podcasts. And at first, it's kind of like, I can see how that would piss you off, right? If you really put in the time and the effort into this. But T.I. said something that I thought was profound. Because one of the guys, I can't remember if it was Godfrey, but he kind of said, like, you almost stepping on my toes. And you hear that a lot from people. People will get mm. jealous and feel a way about somebody else's path. And I feel like in reality, some people are going to have to work a lot harder than you to get to where you are. And some people are going to have to work not as hard at all to get to where they want to go. Everybody has a different path, different degrees of difficulty. But what's for you is for you. And that's what T.I. told them. Why y'all worried about what I'm doing? I can't get in your way. What's for you is for you. And I feel like if everybody had that mindset, because so many people don't, and I feel like that's why so many people get jealous in life. Why this person had this path? Why does this person have this? Why does that person? Like, you don't know what they went through. Right. You don't know their story. You don't know where they really come from. You don't know what they had to go through. You might not be able to withstand what they had to deal with in order to get to where they are, but you're jealous of what they have. You see what I'm saying? Because I think people feel like somebody else can actually take their shine or take their path. And I don't think that's a thing. Like, if you really believe in you and you know who you are and what you're about, can't nobody do nothing with what's for you. What's for you is for you. Y'all agree? Absolutely. A little bit. I think I think I also think though, like if you are TI though, you already have a fan base. So you don't have to go through the struggle of an open mic. True. But he you know had to mean? go through you don't think he had to go through struggles to get that fan base to, to be the yeah, rapper? But as a rapper, yeah, not but- as a comedian. So now you're bringing people in from your fan base of a rapper yeah. into your comedy world right when you're talking about a comedian who's struggling going into five minute like or what what do you start off as as a two minute start as an open mic sometimes typically right? like yep. two minutes mm-hmm. and then two you jump minutes. then you jump to five minutes and then you jump to like 10 or whatever mm-hmm. and then you can have like your own little opening set or whatever mm-hmm. right i can see his point of view where it's just like dude like you just you already have your fan base you're a rapper now people you're follow you here. You can bring your audience to this world, right? And that's cool in a way. But, like, I also think, like, I kind of see both both sides of it. No, I like this. It's like, take this side because then we can debate it. Yeah, you have to bring your, you're bringing your audience, your fan base, right? Mm-hmm. But his fan base likes him for being a rapper. Will they still like him for being a comedian? That's exactly yes, what I was going to they'll come along, say. but will they stay? They're not staying. Do you see what I'm saying? I, that's exactly how I was feeling. Like, let that man do that. Mm-hmm. If T.I. go up there and do stand-up two or three times... And then the videos get out there and the fans are like, yo, this is trash. They're not going to keep showing up. Eventually, you're going to have to throw what, what you know about that on, fam. But do that on your own time, not doing when I'm headlining. That's why he personally should have felt the way. I get that. That's why I'm I don't think from. comedians should feel the way, okay. though. You see okay. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, okay. Godfrey should have felt the way that T.I. went on there after him. I, I completely get that. Okay, okay. You headlining this your event. But he ain't keep that energy, and he didn't tell T.I. that when he was there. Oh. You see T.I. in the back, oh, and you, yeah, nah, I yo, King, him. Yeah, I'm, yeah. A, I'm a fan and all that, and you go get on your podcast, you talking crazy. 
And then when T.I. show up, you ain't talking crazy no more. Mm. I feel like if you felt that way, stand on it. Yeah. Keep that energy. Mm-hmm. He didn't do that. Bring his ass back after, like, oh, you're going to go after me? We're going to talk. Exactly. Yeah, and talk yeah. to him man to man. I ain't saying you got to run up on him and, like, you right, know what I'm no, saying? No, no, no. But, yeah, but yeah. talk to him. What the fuck? I think T.I., he strikes me as the kind of guy that would have actually, like, respected that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If you talk mm-hmm. to him backstage, like, yo, normally in comedy world, we don't do that. You, T.I., it is what it is. We in Atlanta, I already know what time it is with you, but, like, it's a, it's a code of respect right. in comedy. Right. Just like in rap. It's, it's no different. You ain't going to see a new act that nobody knows going after T.I. Or you're going to see people walk out. You know what I'm saying? So I think sure. he should have kept that energy. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So but but what you saying though as far as Godfrey, I completely agree. Okay. Who's next? All right, let's talk about Joe Budden and Slaughterhouse. This is a topic that a lot of the listeners wanted me to talk about and I was going to do it anyway, so let's get into it. Are y'all familiar with anything that's going on or even who these people are? I know who the people are. I just don't know what's going on, like the full story. Okay, cool. Romeo, you familiar with the characters? Mm, nope. All right, so I know I'm, Joe Budden. You know Joe Budden is? Yeah, yeah. All right, well, yes. For those who may not, uh, Joe Budden is probably the number one urban podcaster in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, used to be a rapper, and at one point he was in a group called Slaughterhouse, and it was four members. It was Joe Budden, Royce the Five Nine, Joel Ortiz, and his name used to be Crooked Eye. Now it's King Crooked. So I'm a, why you laugh at his name? I'm sorry, why you switch it from Crooked Eye? Nah, I'm King Crooked. Like who, I don't know who makes that change. Like he got better. He got better vision. You still crooked, like. But he king crooked now. You're king now. Right. You feel me? You used to be I. You used to be about yourself. Now you're a king. You're no, about the, you're about you're the people. You're the king of all the crookeds. You see what I'm saying? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to try to make a long story less long. These four members started this group called Slaughterhouse. They did really well together. They had a lot of fans. They had a classic album. They didn't do as well as people thought they might have, or at least as well as they thought they might have. And they ran into issues that somewhat had to do with Eminem. Because M eventually signed them, and then he ended up getting to a beef with Joe Button. Because Joe went on his podcast at some point, I believe, and said some negative things about Eminem. Yep. And maybe it wasn't his podcast. Maybe he just said it. I don't really remember. But either way, they had issues. There was creative differences, and it seems like the group couldn't work past it. Right? So I'm walking y'all through this so that y'all can kind of give me your take on whose side you understand more. So 10 years go by. Nothing happens. They can't seem to get together and get on the same page to release another album or to even create another album. So one of the albums they already did never got released. They just couldn't figure it out. So now they're a group that's broken. Everybody's wondering if they're going to come out again. They're going to come out. You don't know. Joe's podcast takes off. Obviously. He's killing it. He's making millions of dollars to do his podcast, getting millions of views. He's doing his thing. Royce is still doing things behind the scenes, music-wise, got his hand in other things. He's doing well. Joel Ortiz and King Crooked, the other two members, they're not doing as well. I'm sure they're doing all right. They ain't Joe Budden. So these two release an album seemingly out of nowhere called The Death of Slaughterhouse. So what happened, apparently, according to Royce the Five Nine, he put an Instagram post out that gave an analogy to how he felt about this entire situation, which was, how would you feel if you were in a group with four people? And let's say I built this building brick by brick together. The building is worth millions. But 
It needs renovations. And you're trying to figure out the process. But before you do, two of the members burn that building down in order to create another building on their own. And they don't tell you. So basically, King Crooked and Joel Ortiz came out with this album. And I guess they got a deal for it. But a part of the deal was, you can't tell Royce and Joe you're doing it. And you just have to release it. Mm. And now the group is done. So that building is destroyed. Joe and Royce feel like they went against the group. They were disloyal. How could you do that? We started this together. We should have ended it together. Period. Right? Mm -hmm. Nothing should have been done without us. Joe admitted that he's hurt. Royce feels away. Joel and King Crooked look at it like, yeah, we waited 10 years. If we was going to do something with this, we should have done it. And Joe has said hundreds of times, I've retired. I don't do music anymore. So Joe's not rapping. And Royce is saying, yo, I'm not doing a project without Joe. So Joel Ortiz pretty much admitted, like, yo, I'm sitting back watching this dude kill it with his podcast. And Royce don't want to do nothing without him. And he's saying he's not rapping anymore. So what are we supposed to do? Just keep sitting around waiting and waiting? No. They put out an album. They voiced their opinions. And whatever, I guess, the bag was for them to do that, they felt like it was worth it to burn that bridge. How do y'all feel about that? There's a right way and a wrong way to do something. So if you know the two of the members are not trying to put out music, right? One says, I'm not going to put out music without the other. And you know that's what they're on. That's cool. And these other two still want to put out music. I feel like that's cool. But at some point, you got to give one another a heads up, have a conversation. Just don't sign a deal behind their backs and put it out. I agree with you. Without telling them. I agree with you 100%. Here's the thing. Now, I didn't read this or see this or hear anyone say this. But I have to assume in this situation, because it makes sense, that they did it that way for a reason. Because I'm assuming whoever gave them the bag to release this project knew that it was a clout thing. You're going to get a lot more hits. You see what I'm saying? People are going to pay attention to it more Mm -hmm. if it's released in this toxic manner. Because the easy thing to do here is to go to Joe and Royce and say, this is what we're doing, right? But if you just put it out there and now there's a beef and now Joe has to talk about it on his podcast. Royce has to talk about it on his Instagram. You see what I'm saying? That's free promo. I get that, but... Are they all still friends? Even though they're not making music, are they all still cordial with one another? Not right now, no. Because no, I'm saying before, before that album, right? Are you still- I, it's different accounts on that. Like, I, because- like, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think they really were all 100 with each other. If they- you're not, I get it as an F-U sense, and I'm just going to do this, right? And go on it. But if you are cordial, just a heads up. I don't think that. I think the deal wouldn't allow them to do that. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Like, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. I think they should have went to him and said something. But if let's just say, for debate's sake, that if they came to you with this bag, they say, yo, you can't tell them. You got to make the album. You got to put it out. And then we go on a promo run when the album is ready to be released. That's the only way I'm giving you this bag. Because I believe that's what happened. Mm. And you sitting in that position saying... Man, this dude don't ever want to rap again, and we ain't rap for 10 years. You going to take the bag? I'm not because, well, it depends on the bag, first of all. But 
my initial reaction is I'm not because yes, this deal may be get get done. I may get the bag in the sense and moment, but what comes after this? What else can I do for my future? Now I look like the person that's backstabbed my two, you know, group members in the back. Who else is going to want to work with me if you know that I've done some shady business in the past just because I did something in the moment for clout in the future? I look like the shady person. Mm-hmm. Got it. The way I look at it is that's my passion, right? My passion is to spit lyrics, right? Create bars, create like music. I'm going to put that out there to the world. And if somebody's offering me money for it, I'm going to do that, right? Because your focus is not your podcast. Am I a part of that? No. Were, were they a part of, of Joe Bowden's podcast? No. no. Exactly. So I'm not a part of your podcast. You're making bread from that, right? What I'm focused on is my music. So I'm going to put it out there. Somebody else is paying me for it. Yeah. but when That's you, the way I look at it. When you put out your music, you're not going to throw shade at whoever else you're not working with. They named it the death of Slaughterhouse. So if you're still focused on your passion, it would make sense if you're like, I'm going to do my passion and name my project something else. You're naming it the death of Slaughterhouse. It's throwing a jab at them. I'm doing my passion, but fuck y'all too. I'm bringing your, you into this. They could have named it something else, and then it wouldn't be tied to that. I agree with that. Just to add this, though, in their defense, from what I've seen and heard about Joe Budden and his podcast, it seems as if I think that all the members, I don't know about Royce, but at least these two who decided to do this, I think they um, felt a way toward Joe because I think they somewhat blamed Joe for the fact that we're in this situation in the first place because of what he did that caused the beef with Eminem, right? In their minds, I'm trying to put myself in their minds of, yo, you caused this beef in the first place. It was your mouth that caused us to be here. So I think a part of them already somewhat blame him for being the polarizing figure he is because he does seem to destroy things everywhere he goes. That, that's not my personal opinion, but that's a lot of people's opinions. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to argue against when you look at the fact that he had his friends on his podcast, didn't work out. Charlemagne kind of called that one, saw it coming. And Joe has kind of been that way in all of his relationships. And he's a Virgo, and we kind of known for that. But that's not here nor there. <laughs> right? So I think in their minds, it's like, yo, you the reason we in this situation in the first place, and you got a podcast that's popping, you getting paid, and you just said you're not rapping no more. So how would Joe think? Let's put it out. I think that's how they felt. That's the way I was looking at it. Does that change your perspective? A little bit, because then it's like, F you. Mm-hmm. Now I'm trying to send a message to you. So then it would make sense that they would do what they're doing, because it's like, I'm trying to send a message to you, and I know it's going to be talked about in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. They was going to pop way more going about it this route, probably, than going about it just the stand-up route. Yeah, because then people are like, who wants to hear from them? But if you have beef, of course, you're going to cause course. more conversation and stir. Yep. I get it. So you you don't think those two gave the heads up to Joe Budden and them? No. At all? No. Now, when I watched um, Joe and Royce react to it, I, I believe they genuinely didn't know. They had no idea. Oh. They both appeared to be very hurt and taken aback by it. And I get it. I um, think, yeah, I think that's what would bother me. Like, I think if, if somebody would offer me, like, $100 million, like, hey, Romeo... You have your own podcast you can do on your own. You just got to leave in the moment, mm-hmm. right? I'll give you guys a heads up like, hey, they're offering me this money. And then like if y'all wouldn't hit me up at all, then I'll be like, all right, fuck them. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not answering. I'm going to go do the shit because somebody else is offering it, right? But if I, I'll, I'll still be, you guys are my friends at the end of the day, right? Like mm-hmm. we're in this group together. So like, I will give you the heads up. Yeah. 
So you either tell me like, hey, we're in this together, stay with us, and we're going to keep growing and grinding, and we can match what they're giving you eventually, or you're going to like just ignore me and I'll be like, all right, fuck them. I'm going to go do my own thing. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. But out of respect, I will let you guys know, hey, somebody else is in my DMs you right now. You should do that. Yeah. But again, you can't. The deal says you can't, you can't say do anything. That. Oh. You see what I'm saying? Oh, okay. That's what makes it interesting. Because mm. of course you should do that. That's easy. You should mm. go to the person and say, yo, they just threw a bag at me. You want to rap or not? Because if you say no, I'm going to rap. Nah, that's fucked up then. But you can't do that. Yeah. That's what the deal is. It, it appears that that's what the deal was. Right. And that's what makes it interesting. It's shady if you have a relationship with other people. If you don't have a relationship with other people and y'all are just on some fuck you anyways, yeah. then it's not shady. Because they, it's like, what do I owe you? We're no longer cool. They definitely had a relationship, and that's why I can see why people are taking both sides of this. And I hate to say this, but this is one of those situations for me where I can genuinely see both sides of it. I really can. At first, I was on the side of Joe and Royce before I really thought it through because bottom line for me is loyalty. I'm always about loyalty, period. That's just me. But at the same time, there have been a lot of times in my life where I was loyal to a fault. And I was putting someone else's needs before my own, and it ended up biting me in the ass in the end. And I can understand how you would want to get ahead of that if you're Joel or King Crooked. And I don't know all of the details, but looking at it from the outside in, they weren't day ones, per se. They didn't grow up together. They didn't go through the mud together. They just came together at certain points in their careers, created a group. It popped. Now you got one dude in the group causing a lot of controversy and issues for the group. And then he goes on to be super successful at something else. And if I'm asking you for 10 years, let's figure this out. And you can't. And then you get to the point where something else starts popping for you so much that you claim you have retired. Yeah, I might go sign that deal. I'm not going to lie. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. At this point in my life. Younger me? Nah, I'm staying loyal to the end. But for what? What you going to end up getting out of that? Because Joe going to keep popping. And unfortunately, I don't know if anyone in that group individually is as strong as the group together. If you could go and get it popping on your own, then go do it on your own. But I think the sum of the group is more than the parts. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I look at it like, if this podcast was popping for 10 years and I'm paying y'all what I think y'all deserve to be on the podcast, because this is somewhat what Joe went through before that, and y'all are saying to me, y'all feel like we deserve more. And I keep saying it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then somebody come and throw y'all a crazy deal and y'all done asked me a million times and y'all felt like, for this, we got to go do it on our own? I couldn't be mad. 10 years? Of course, you're going to feel the way, right? Like, you're going to be hurt. Like, mm -hmm. damn, they did me like that. But you got to step outside of yourself sometime and truly put yourself in someone else's shoes. And if I'm Joe, yeah, I'm hurt. At the same time, I'm like, yo, they needed that. You know what I'm saying? Like, it took me back to a point in my life when I remember when I first started my comedy career. And I don't know if I ever talked about this. I might have. But long story less long. When I very first started comedy, they put me with this comedy team that was already a team for mad long. But they only was getting like 20 people in this building. When I came and I started doing different jokes every week, eventually hundreds of people in this building. Right? I talked about this. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know the whole time for months they was passing around a bucket, getting money from the audience that I'm bringing in, and they ain't tell me there was no bucket. 
So by the time I found out, I was thousands of dollars that I wasn't getting. And they knew what they were doing. I was tight. I wanted to go crazy on everybody that was involved. My grandmother told me, they need that. You're going to throw away your career and your future. You're going somewhere. They're not. Let them have that. I said, Grandma, but it's thousands of dollars. She said, it's going to be chump change for you in two years. Mm. I thought my grandmother was out of her mind. Mm. I was pissed. I'm like, Grandma, nah. Now I'm going to beat his ass. And then what, go to jail? Catch an assault charge? But just give yourself a record? Then what? And she was giving me game, and I was sitting there taking it. Like, but I'm, but I'm going to fight. <laughs> but, you know, but it was game. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And she was right. You got to see the bigger picture. You got to see the bigger picture. They needed that. You don't need that. Fast forward. About four or five years. She nailed it. She was absolutely right. They're still performing at that same place. And there's 20 people there again. But I'm not saying that to stunt. I'm saying that sometime you got to step outside yourself and realize that, yeah, it may hurt in the moment when it feels like somebody's taking something from you. But in reality, they're not taking nothing at all. There's a reason you're on that path. So let them have it. Your picture is bigger. Who's next? All right, new segment called Mo Ain't Shit. (laughs) (laughs) 